0: Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we're going to be talking to Ken Blackwell, somebody who knows something about elections because he was a secretary of state uh, for Ohio, one of the most important electoral states in America, always a a deciding uh, election state. Uh, He also, as a UN ambassador for human rights, uh, studied the world's elections and, and called out fraudulent elections around the world. He's a really powerful voice. It was the former mayor of Cincinnati. He understands every aspect of America's election system. He's an African-American with a very big bullhorn, a very strong belief in American liberty, and a very strong argument against encroaching government, big encroaching government. And uh, we're going to talk to him about everything from Joe Biden's big government policies to uh, the uh, extraordinary uh, dispute going on in Georgia right now over a law that just requires absentee voters to show the same set of ID they would need to if they went to pick up a package at UPS or, or Home Depot or picked up their tickets at a will call window at Major League Baseball. If it's not racist there to demand identification just to ensure you are who you are before you get up something of value like baseball tickets you bought or a packet you had delivered or an item you bought at a Home Depot. Why is it suddenly racist, Jim Crow racist, to to have uh, such a uh, conversation about an absentee ballot, which is perhaps one of the most important possessions, rights, activities, that we can do as Americans. So we're gonna talk to Ken about that. Now, before we get to that, I wanted to walk you through an important story today. So this morning, I've been looking at this Ahmad Zubairi case. If you've been watching Just the News, you know I've dug into this story and it has caught my fancy and I really get a sense that there is a potentially huge scandal underlying the Ahmad Zubairi case. Who is Ahmad Zubairi? In case you haven't been one of the people stalking this story and reading it and learning it, he was a major bundler for Barack Obama and Joe Biden back in 08 and 12, for Hillary Clinton in 2016. He is an American citizen of Pakistani origin, um, a very successful businessman. Uh, Republicans and Democrats alike have enjoyed uh, uh, from or benefited from his generosity, both politically and in charitable spaces. And uh, about a month ago, back in February, so about six weeks ago, he was sentenced to 12 years in prison for alleged violations of campaign finance law. The prosecutor said he took foreign money and uh, injected it into the election system here. Uh, To be honest with you, 12 years is perhaps the stiffest sentence I've ever seen for the sort of violations that were alleged. Um, And it had me begin to wonder. And I started to go through the court files. I discovered there was a thing called a SEPA filing. C-I-P-A, kind of like FISA. You've probably never heard of that before. You're going to remember this in a few days and weeks because big things are about to happen. C-I-P-A is the Classified Information Protection Act. And what it does is when you're in a court case and something involves U.S. intelligence, you have to file it under seal under the requirements of CIPA, Classified Information Protection Act, um, something Hillary Clinton didn't do very well with her emails, right, as we now know. But uh, I discovered there was a uh, mention in the court files of a CIPA, uh filing. I started asking around and I stumbled into what I think is pretty remarkable. This guy, Ahmad Zabari, big bundler for Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, and also a donor to the Donald Trump inauguration in 2017, he had a two-decade relationship with U.S. intelligence. He was helping U.S. intelligence, and not in a small way, not in an incidental way. He was running major counter-influence operations uh, participating in the missions they run in them because the agency runs them, but he was a significant, respected, successful intelligence asset uh, for many years, going back to the early 2000s of what my reporting showed, which all the raises all the more question why would he get a stiffer sentence in a plea deal than other people who went to trial for similar crimes? and the more we dug, the more this case has become more and more mysterious and one of the mystery Uh, facts that starts to become out. And the fact pattern is that the same office, the same U.S. Justice Department office, the U.S. Attorney's Office in California, in Los Angeles, who prosecuted Zaberi to the hilt, insisting he get 12 years in prison and up to $18 million in fines, penalties, and repayments, also prosecuted another case recently. Just settled it. In fact, they announced it last week. Gilbert uh, Shigori, a, a foreign uh, businessman who was a big donor to the Clinton campaign. He and two associates uh, routed foreign money into the election through straw donors, allegedly just like what Ahmad Zabari did. They went a step further. They provided a secret loan to an Obama cabinet official. Remember when Obama used to say, I have no scandals? Joe Biden likes to say, there wasn't a whiff of scandal in the Obama years of well, a baloney. I mean, we can go through all of them, the Russia Gate uh, uh, fast and furious Benghazi. I can go on and on and on IRS targeting of conservatives, but here's another one. Barack Obama's transportation secretary, Ray LaHood, a Republican that jumped to the democratic side. He took a secret $50,000 loan because he was hard up while he was working as cabinet secretary from a foreign businessman and he kept it secret. He did. He lied about it. He didn't put it on his financial disclosure forms even misled the FBI when they first started asking questions about it. Well, guess what? Shigori, his associates, Ray LaHood, a man who corruptly took money from a foreigner and hid it off of his disclosure reports. That's the sort of influence that disclosure reports were supposed to unmask for us, right? Hiding is a terrible thing of it. If you violate that trust, they didn't get prosecuted at all. They got non-prosecution or deferred prosecution agreements. And they got fines, no prison time. The disparate treatment of Ahmad Zuberi, an intelligence community asset, uh, and Shigori et al., which includes the former Transportation Secretary, Ray LaHood. The difference in treatment there, it seems to harken back to something that we've talked about on this show often and is endemic to all the reporting that I did in the Russia collusion scandal. A dual system of justice. People who are connected, particularly to Democrats, seem to get a different treatment than other people who don't. And in the case of Zuberi versus Shikori, these two uh, bundlers in the Democratic world, our fundraising world, excuse me, uh, the big difference is Imad Zuberi gave money to Donald Trump. It doesn't look like Shikori did from what I can tell. Uh, And we now know that they were going to give Imad Zuberi an incredible deal. A million dollar fine, no prison time, kind of like Shigori, if he would just give up some dirt on Donald Trump and he told them, I don't have it. I didn't use foreign money for Donald Trump. I didn't do the same things I did for Democrats. And that's when the case turned sour on him. Well, uh, the disparate treatment, almost identical facts, same prosecution office, same general scheme, some foreign agent and tax issues on, on the cases. Um, and... Uh, one gets 12 years in prison. One walks scot free with a fine. Uh, disparate justice, unequal justice in America. That is why I wrote this story. Check it out. It's at top of the justthenews.com right now. Such an important story, and I suspect that the Zuberi case is about to become a major controversy in America. Here's why: Zuberi's new a lawyer of record in the uh, appeal that he's now pursuing of his conviction and sentencing of 12 years is Bob Eatinger. If that name sounds familiar, you might remember during the Obama years, he was the acting general counsel of the CIA. He was the CIA's, the agency's top lawyer. He's intervened in this case. On behalf of Ahmad Zubari, I suspect a guy like that doesn't do that because he's just interested in the appellate process in the Ninth Circuit of California. It's because there is an intelligence story underlying Zuberi that uh is yet to be told and could raise the roof, raise rafters, raise questions in America. uh, I suspect that some of the uh, facts in the um, SEPA filing might make their way into public. I can only imagine that if a man was raising money at the same time he was working for the agency, does that line get blurred at some point? Are things asked of him as an agency operative that go into the political world? It's not supposed to under the rules and laws of America, but did it? It's a big question that we need to ask, and I think this is Ahmaud case. Remember that name. Read this story if you get a chance. Keep an eye on it. We're doing some remarkable reporting. We're learning a lot, and it's time to get to the truth about the Ahmad Zabari case and why it was handled so much differently than Gilbert Trigori and the case uh, that was settled with a deferred and non-prosecution agreement, despite foreign money injected into our election. And despite questions of corruption surrounding a foreign money loan to an Obama cabinet secretary who hid it from the American public, he was so ashamed of it, he had to hide it because it wasn't right. That's right. All right, folks, we're going to go to that quick commercial break. When we come back, the former secretary of state of Ohio, Ken Blackwell, great thinker, author, writer, former UN official, Travelled the world looking uh, and absorbed all of the uh, uh, voting right abuses around the world. He's here to talk to us about Georgia, about h r one, about the effort to federalize elections, and what's wrong with that. when you compare it to the intent of the founding fathers in the Constitution, you do not want to miss this interview. We're going to it right after this commercial break from our great sponsors and advertisers temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, somebody who oversaw major elections, who's had a very critical voice on voting rights and uh, voting in America and politics in America and, quite frankly, common sense in America. Uh, Joining us today is Ken Blackwell, the former Secretary of State of Ohio, great columnist, author, great thinker. Uh, Ken, it is great to have you back on the show.
1: Hey, Tom. Good to be with you, sir.
0: It's, uh, it's an honor. What a time to be talking about voting rights. Did you ever imagine uh, when you were back overseeing Ohio's elections, you were Secretary of State, that we'd find a time where people would think that asking for an ID to make sure the right person is voting would be considered racist, or as uh, Joe Biden says, Jim Crow. I wonder, wonder if that ever entered your mind back in those days.
1: Absolutely not. So much so, John, that uh, back in 2009, I wrote a piece for the Yale Law and policy review entitled the other voting rights, protecting every citizen's vote by safeguarding the integrity of the ballot box. Wow! Look, so, when I was when I was 16 years old, uh, not yet old enough to vote back then, I was driving folks around in Chattanooga, Tennessee, registering voters. Uh, engaged in Clarksdale, Mississippi, no with Fannie Lou Hamer and some other folks. Yeah, uh, and so I've been engaged in in making sure that folks have access to the ballot box, a fair access to the ballot box. But I've also, for the last fifteen so fifteen or so years, been engaged in making sure that nobody who casts a, a legal ballot has their legal ballot negated by an illegal ballot. So yeah. I've been for Making it easy to vote but hard to
0: cheat. Yeah, that's it, right? That's what, and that's really what George is about. They've expanded the hours. There's many different things, and yet there is this incredible backlash. And I wonder, as someone who worked in this space for a long time, uh, from activists all the way up to Secretary of State, um, what do you think is driving the Democrats? For what, what, it can't possibly, if you if you need a, a an ID to buy a six pack of beer or to get, take your SAT. Or to get on an airline, why are they? Why are they so adamant that this is a problem for voting?
1: Well, as we know, uh, the the objective of two pieces of legislation that right now before Congress, uh, S one and HR one, uh, that they have sort of framed as for the the People Act, that we've reframed as for the corrupt politician Act. Their their main goal is to affect. Uh, a power grab that will move us towards one party control of a highly centralized uh, governance structure in our country, uh, much like those systems that have failed throughout history and all around the world. So this is an effort to transform, uh, 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 to effect an existential transformation of the way we do elections in this country. And John, as as you and I both know, that the, the, the task of Counting every legal ballot and excluding every unlawful one is the challenge faced by practitioners of election law, whether as lawyers or election officials, and the primary authority for elections in America rests with the state, and so this is an a, 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 an unconstitutional paragraph if you look at the, the, the structure of the Constitution and as it has structured uh, our Election system keeping the management of of elections closest to where people vote so that they have control over the chain of custody of ballots and they have legitimate verification systems to make sure that people are who they claim to be
0: yeah it's so, it's such a basic thing and you know in 2005 as we began to see a world where one day we might have mail-in voting or even uh, some form of electronic voting. A bipartisan commission came together. You had Jimmy Carter, no, no shrinking conservative there. He's a big liberal. He t- paired up with uh, James Baker, the great um, uh, cabinet secretary and chief of staff to Reagan and, and Bush. And uh, they, after soliciting lots of bipartisan uh, opinions, said voter ID is a key to the future. This is a way to ensure integrity while expanding the ability to vote and now all of a sudden it says, oh, that report didn't exist, and Democrats are just running around, and now you got companies running around calling this racist Jim Crow. How did? Uh, how, who pivoted the, uh, the debate to something where the facts don't seem to matter anymore?
1: Uh, look, this, this is as if we've gone through the looking glass that was made famous by Alice in Wonderland. Right. What was up is down, and what is down is up uh this is this is crazy and then you have the mainstream media uh you know initially trying to gaslight uh, the American people making those of us who see this as a very common sense practical policy and procedure to be somewhat crazy or racist and we're not buying it and and, and look this is what major league baseball Coca-Cola uh and Delta need to to understand that the american people are not going to sit back and take these, uh, these this this labeling of common sense practice and ordinary hard working people as being as being racist too many people have put too much on the line to make sure that the integrity of our election system is in fact protected and 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 we're going to fight back on this we're not we we're, we're just not going you know, Frederick Douglass, the great abolitionist, said right. those, those who are whooped easiest are whooped most often. And we are not going to be whooped on this.
0: That is a great line. And so true, right? I mean, fortitude matters, and particularly when something as important as determining how we vote in this country, that that's worth fighting for. Boy, um, you mentioned some of those com- companies, and we've been doing some research here. So, for instance, if you go to a major league baseball club, you buy your tickets online, when you go to Will Call you got to show your ID. When you get on a Delta airline flight, I know because I've flown it many times, you got to show your ID. UPS, right. which has uh, recently got into this, uh, uh, when you leave a package, they can't deliver a package, you have to go to the, their warehouse to pick it up. you got to show an ID, and I can go on and on through all the different companies. I, I read a story on Fox that said uh, the board members for Coca-Cola board meeting had to show their ID to attend the board. Uh, it is remarkable that these own companies well well quickly I, I assume they're just deflecting criticism but their own policies rely on OD, ids for authentication and it doesn't seem that that's racist so what what do you think about these companies capitulating when they have their own id requirements for the basics of everyday life
1: you know it, it, it's stunning uh, these companies like coca-cola and delta have become so woke that they now take public stands condemning some of their own customers and presumably some of their own shareholders right. in, in, in 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 Georgia, and as Major League Baseball moves the All Star Game to a to a state that probably uh, has more or more restrictive election laws uh, than, than 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 Georgia. Look, I am a, a shareholder of uh, uh, of the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Ohio has some of the election reforms. That, Delta, that uh, Georgia is uh, putting in place now already in
0: place. already on the books, right? You yeah. know, we
1: we we have two major league baseball teams. You know, uh, the, the, the Cleveland Indians and the Cincinnati Reds. You know, it doesn't it doesn't make sense for 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 major league baseball. I, it, it's a bad business decision. Not only is it you know uh, morally unacceptable. For them to buy into a narrative or a set of facts that are that are unfactual, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, and, and and condemn their their patrons, they condemn their fans. Uh, this is this is just pure stupid, and we cannot let these businesses uh, and, and 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 ball teams be stuck on stupid. Yeah. We just can't.
0: No, you know one of the funny things about moving the game out of Atlanta. If you've ever been to an Atlanta Braves game, and I guess as a stockholder, you've probably been to a lot of baseball games. <laughs> the the community around the Atlanta Braves stadium it's it's predominantly African American. The restaurants, the parking garages, the parking lots, uh, the wonderful people that man the the street carts and everything. So when you pull the game out of uh, Georgia, you're actually punishing the African American community, which is so vibrant in that city. It's it's I think I saw Alfredo Ortiz. Million.
1: A hundred million.
0: A hundred million dollars, Alfredo Ortiz said. Isn't that unbelievable? A hundred million dollars. And
1: and, and 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 it's going to impact those small businesses and vendors. Yep. Many of them, if not most of them, African American yep. and minority.
0: And coming out of a COVID crisis where they've already had a tough year, it's uh. I, it's just it's just it's
1: just it's just it's just crazy. It is. And what what makes me so mad. As you know, John, I was the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations Human Rights Commission. Right. Uh, I, I, I have, in fact, traveled and monitored elections and, and uh, democratic governance all across the globe. And for companies like Delta and Coca-Cola, who do business with China, right. one of the most repressive political regimes in world history, and then turn on the state of Georgia for putting in place common sense reforms, is this not only bad business, it's immoral.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's, um, and it's uh, just starting now. I think, you know, it's funny. Everyday Americans are so smart, even though the media and the political elite try to pull the wall over their eyes uh, over the weekend when I was out and about and I went to the store, people were talking about this issue. I mean, it really has hit everyday people. They're fascinated by it. People are just, it's ludicrous. Why are we having a fight over voter ID? I'm like, I'm using it right now to get my, <laughs> you know, uh, buy this here. And I'm like, uh, it, you're right. It is. What uh, tools do Republicans, conservatives, freedom-loving, vote, uh, voter protection supporting Americans, uh, what tools do they have? How do they fight back? You said, we're not going to lose this fight. We're not going to give up. What are the tools that you think are best at well, well, the disposal? Well,
1: well, 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 folks are starting to, 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 to act from state legislatures and legislators who are telling uh, these folks, take your business elsewhere. Uh, Congress is, is getting ready to start looking at the tax breaks. Uh, that that are that's given to uh, Major League Baseball. I mean, the the reality is is that people and you know, I tell people all the time, do what you can with what you have where you are. So if all you can do is to put a call in to your local representative, uh, whether state representative or a congressional representative. Political voices of roughly half of the country, and lay the groundwork to steal the rest. I would just say, John, to you that people need to do what they can with where they with where they are, with, do what they can with what they have, where they are. Yeah. You know, and and, and that's it. There, there's there, there's we cannot retreat to the sidelines. You know, uh, and 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 those of us who are on the front lines of this battle. fact you have all of these folks yapping at us it means that we in fact have done it right his brother used to have another saying if in fact you throw a brick and a pack of pigs the one that squeals is the one you hit and that's (laughs) what's happening
0: right now It, it clearly has and and um and uh this is going to be an epic fight for quite some time as you look out and uh, it's always fun to armchair quarterback after the fact. But do you think conservatives and Republicans maybe underestimated what Stacey Abrams was doing in Georgia? I mean, she has quite the organization down there and of course now it's being countered pretty pretty robustly. But was there a moment where we should have been paying attention more to the Stacey Abrams or the David Plough, you know, who came up with the how they were gonna oh, run I, the twenty twenty election? I, I,
1: absolutely. And we need to we need to we need to watch what has, what what uh, Stacey is saying now. She knows that these folks have overreached, because she knows who the loss of, for, for instance, the All-Star game is going is going to hurt. Right. She understands the economic impact. And if you if you look at how she's wordsmithed this, she's basically said, "Hey, we don't need to take that business away yep. from Georgia. It's a it's 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 an overreach." And but my my deal is that. One, she let them. They answered her, her, her call. And the only thing that I can say to those corporate executives uh, and, and, and directors is that they ought to just do their job. election integrity laws like they have in Georgia. Uh, And ironically, they are turning their back on their main responsibility. the founders of our country, understood, as my dad used to say, that second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence that starts out, we hold these truths to be self-evident. My dad, who was a World War II veteran, used to always tell me and my brother, that is a highfalutin way of saying any knucklehead should be able to get this. That our (laughs) fundamental human rights don't come from government. They are not grants from government. They're gifts. From God. There is not a government in this world that can give us our fundamental human rights. They can only protect them. And when we have levels of government, local and state government, protecting the integrity of the ballot box, we can't let the corrupt politicians of Washington
0: spoil our system. And so, you know, it's interesting, uh, uh, having really started my journalism career at the middle and end of the Reagan administration. You know, the the belief in that administration that dominated really its policy decisions and its messaging was that government isn't the solution, it's the problem, you gotta get it out of the way. And Joe Biden, in his first 90 days, 60 plus uh, heading towards 90 days in office, seems to suggest that the government and taxes and spending are the only solution uh, do you think that this is going to come to an epic conclusion? Are the American people going to get to choose between these two visions very quickly and say, we're tired with big government and all of its many foibles and mistakes?
1: I, 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 I think so, because at at, at at the end of the day, uh, there is, as Aristotle once said, there is a dynamic tension between individual liberty and the organized power of the state as the state becomes Bigger and more muscular, we lose our, our 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 individual liberty. And what we know is that the left and those folks who want to move towards uh, this big welfare state government, whether it's socialism or it's, it's authoritarian and totalitarian in its nature, what they know is that the only way that they can accomplish that in is if they try, destroy the family. Which is the incubator of liberty, and run God and faith out of the public square, mm-hmm. so that folks begin to believe that government is their granter of of liberty. The American people, for two hundred and forty four five years now, understand that that is not the case, and I have every fiber in my body believes that there is a a a A fighting spirit in America that won't allow us to, to to swallow that we're going to
0: push back it's at the core of our our existence as as Americans there's no doubt about it, and it's it's clearly that vision now I mean the Democrats are tripled down on the idea that government is going to be everything, and it's going to be interesting to watch the counterbalance of that argument grow again, and Americans sort this out. Uh, when you look out at 2022, what's the most important thing that conservatives and freedom-loving Americans can do? What, what, what sort of election do you think 2022 is going to turn on?
1: Well, I think, one, uh, we watched in, 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 in 2020, uh, we chipped away at Pelosi's majority, uh, yeah. and I, I actually think that we're going to flip the house. Uh, and I actually think that we will take control uh, of, of of the Senate, but it won't it, it, it won't happen if we retreat to the sidelines or if we allow um, the mainstream media and, and the left to gaslight us into into believing their false narratives and and false set of facts. But you know there, there there's something that goes to what we both were just saying. Uh, Edward R. Murrow said something that. Uh, I know that you understand and believe. And that is, he said, a nation of sheep will beget a government of wolves.
0: Mm. Wow. That's a powerful statement.
1: It is a powerful statement. And, 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 and we're not sheep.
0: Yeah, no, we can't be. And it's not in our nature as Americans. We've always been fighters, we've always stood up for our liberty. And I think that this moment of challenge to some of our greatest liberties, including voting, uh, is is a, is a clarion call to more of that toughness, at action that has gotten us through this incredible 245-year journey. Well, Ken, I can't thank you enough for all you do. You're, you're such an important voice in, in American politics and policy, in conservatism, and we're so grateful that you spent the time with us on the show, and we're going to get you back, because I don't think this story's going away anytime soon.
1: I agree with you, John, and I'm I'm so glad that we're wearing the same jersey, brother.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Ken. It's It's an honor to have you on this show. It really is. All the best. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to go to quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands
1: of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you.
0: I could stay here forever.
1: Carvana. Where car buying meets comfort meets convenience, download the app or visit
0: carvana.com today. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. So grateful you joined us. Such a big day today. Such important stories. Um, we got a lot of fun things uh, if you if you're looking for a fun story to read and to have a conversation around the dinner table tonight or at the bar or at the soccer game, with your kids' uh, uh, fellow parents. Um, read the story by Daniel Payne on the apology mania going on in America, apologizing for things that aren't necessarily offensive or wrong. Why is it happening in Hollywood, in sports, in business? I, we were wondering, and so we did a deep dive. We talked to people. Some, even on the left, you think what's going on is absolutely insane, bowing to a wokeism that isn't substantiated by the facts. And uh, so check that one out from Dana Payne. Of course, my story on uh, the dual system of justice exposed by two fundraising cases out in California. Keep an eye on Ahmad Zabari. I promise you that story is going to become a bigger one. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with more scoops from justthenews.com, more big interviews, more insights, maybe a little bit from our great reporters. So buckle your seatbelt, get ready. We're so excited that you're along for the journey. We'll be back again soon. Uh, John Solomon reports the podcast from justthenews.com.